took the goal is to build a relationship with your community and multiple stakeholders, both inside and outside the organization. The how shouldn't matter, and we should be able to put ego aside and and in whatever way that works. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. My name is Kevin Smith, and I'm the Community Relations Coordinator for Transylvania County Schools in Brevard, North Carolina. I'm also a member of the media team and the state coordinator for the board of directors at NCSPRA, the North Carolina School Public Relations Association, and you're listening to School PR Drive Time. I'm Ken Dirksen, Communications and Public Relations Officer for Wayne County Public Schools in Goldsboro, North Carolina, and President of the North Carolina School Public Relations Association. Welcome to our podcast about driving the narrative forward in support of public education across North Carolina. Ken, thank you so much for joining me today to help set the stage for this conversation. When the media team at NCSPRA got together to invent this podcast, we knew that some of the people we had to have as guests were the two folks who helped to set the conversation going among public information officers in North Carolina. And you personally know how Dr. Emery and Jessica Swinsky made that happen. Kevin, Bev and Jessica aren't only just seasoned school communicators, but these two have become leaders for our state in effective school communications. And I know that you personally had a role, which they're gonna talk about in today's program, among the many other experiences that they shared. This program gave us an opportunity to dig in and see not only how the pandemic has worked for school leaders around the state, but also to learn what has helped them across the course of their career to be ready for moments like this, no matter what may come. Kevin, we have an exciting episode ahead, so I'm not gonna take up any more time, but I do look forward to coming back afterwards and talk with you a little bit about the nuggets that we've taken away from today's episode. Thank you and thank everyone for joining us here on School PR Drive Time. Let's kick off the show right here. Well, you are listening to episode three of School PR Drive Time. And for our conversation today, I'm so grateful that we have two exceptional PIOs who have gone on to do wonderful things. They had life in the classroom before becoming public information officers. And now here in 2020, we're going to talk with Dr. Bev, Emery, and Jessica Swensky about the specific role of strategic communications throughout our Department of Public Instruction. Dr. Emery is serving right now as the Deputy Superintendent for District Support. She came to Raleigh as the Director for District and Regional Support and will soon be transitioning to a role as the Executive Director for Leandro. Dr. Emery, thank you so much for making this time to talk with us today. Glad to be here. I love this group and uh, glad to be a part of this. And we've loved getting to know you as a part of our group, hearing you introduce yourself to the PIOs around the state as a PIO and having that in your toolkit is something that I know has really helped to enliven the spirits of a lot of us. And also joining us is Jessica Swensky, who helped make that introduction for us. Jess is a former colleague of ours in NCSPRA and is back with us again. She's been doing a number of things, helping to launch educational programs in Wilmington. We can't even get into all of them, but uh, in the Wilmington area. But Jessica Swensky is the Sand Hills region, regional case manager and is doing wonderful things in that role, but also opening up the table for PIOs. Jess, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Kevin. I'm so excited to be here. Appreciate the invitation. A year ago, you all, we were not having this conversation. School PR Drive Time would not have been looking to Beverly Emery and Jessica Swensky asking you, what do you think the future holds for strategic communications in North Carolina public schools? And yet the pandemic and the way things turned so quickly from February into March and then the middle of March, 
we got to know your faces, we got to know your voices very, very quickly. And I really think it's important for folks out there in North Carolina public schools who may not be PIOs, public information officers, I think it's really important for them to understand what happened, Dr. Emery. When we looked at the emerging crisis and saw that our schools and school systems were struggling, what was the communication going on between you all and within DPI to make sure that school communicators were a a more engaged part of this conversation. Kevin, when you ask the question, the first thing that comes into my mind is being in Raleigh at the Emergency Management Center on Sunday, March 15th. And it, of course, was the day after the governor had made this quarantine announcement and we had all been called in to be assigned to various statewide work groups. And You know, I think it was sitting in that place in that moment that I realized how severe this was. It was sort of like that epiphany that occurred. Um, I was sitting somewhat social distance because, of course, this is early on um, from the state superintendent, comms person, Dr. Stegall. We were all sort of waiting for this uh, initiation meeting to, to ramp up and us to get our charge. And I leaned over to the state superintendent and I said, we are not going to get through this without communications help. And I said, I know Mm. someone. And he said, just do it, Bev, whatever you need. I mean, you know, because I think in that, in that moment, it was clear if you've got an idea that can, and, you know, by Monday we had Jess, um, geared up and in place because we knew, um, and to your point of this podcast, Um, my background helped me understand in the moment what was the most important thing right now. And I couldn't do it and do my job, nor could anyone in the department. And of course, we've asked Jess to do double duty here, but uh, we had her stood up early, you know, in the beginning of that week. And to have someone in the department whose sole purpose was to help, you know, be the gatekeeper, the lens, the push out, what the ideas, how do we best communicate in this crisis has been, I think, key. I don't believe we would have made it through this without that designated point of leadership. Jessica, you, you don't have previous experience communicating through a pandemic because none of us did. But I know from working with you on the NCSPR board and from talking with previous campaigns, everything from bonds to dealing with uh, personnel issues in your district to weather, uh, you do have a lot of experience helping folks manage a crisis. And what was it about your strategic communications experience that's been helping you in your regional case management and with this, with this aspect? Well, I think that uh, that's a really great question. I really think that when you're in a situation, when you think about crisis management, which is what this truly is, uh, it, it's about separating all the pieces and then recognizing with clarity, where do, where do you need to start? So you could look at the, the storm and see nothing but all the chaos around you. But I think that one part of, of this whole point of crisis communication is taking a breath, thinking about what, what pieces do we know we have? What pieces do we need? What channels and avenues already exist and what don't? And then you just start, honestly, it's just like a puzzle. You have to start, but you have to be in a place where you can tease out what is really important and what right now is not necessarily rising to that 
uh, to that to that level of intensity. And that's really what we did. Um, and it was through Drs. Emery and Stegall that we really started. Um, and I just you know, I have to say that the access to Drs. Emery and Stegall in, in the role that I was playing, and I think this is a, a critical point for all communicators listening to this podcast, you need access to the people who have the information. You need access, and they need to know that they have access to you. And I just can't stress enough how important it was for me to be in a text chain, a text group with Dr. Stigall and Emery so that we could just constantly have a flow of information. We were bouncing ideas off of one another. It was during the first week of the pandemic that we decided we were going to issue a weekly top 10. It was during the first week of the pandemic that we realized that we did not have necessarily a comprehensive list of communication leaders um, throughout the state. It was during the first week of the pandemic that we knew we needed to tap a superintendent leader, which was Dr. Freddie Williamson out of Polk County to help us navigate um, through his lens and role as to what the rules and the, the protocols that we were developing could look like. And it was during that first week that we absolutely knew we needed to be back in touch with the North Carolina School Public Relations Association, uh, which is how we connected directly with Ken Dirksen and Patricia Hollingsworth um, to bring them into uh, the beginning part of, of our COVID communications team. I hear you talking there, Jess, about the role of information, the, the incredible importance of having uh, clear information, easy to find, access to the right people. And Dr. Emery, hearing you describe that situation room conversation, it's enough to give me shivers because we've all everyone who's been in the PIO role has their phone tuned, right? You don't turn off your notifications you know that moment is going to come. It could be for anything. And so every school day and frankly every day is a potentially big news day for you. And you just didn't know it yet when you woke up that morning. So getting that charge to you know, just make it happen, that's a real shock to the system. And, and the fact that every PIO uh, around the state, all of North Carolina public schools was kind of mobilized at, at one time. And the conversations that we've had and the networking that has taken place among public information officers, something that's been happening on, on a formal or informal basis all this time. But what do you see, Dr. Emery, by the time this airs, we will have been doing this for over six months uh, through over the course of the pandemic. What do you see as some of the positive effects for you in your role and the kind of information you can now provide going up the chain? We often think of it as, and I heard you say this, Jess, you, you need to make sure PIOs have a seat at the table so they can get information. I think you all have probably expressed to us a number of times the value of the information coming back up the chain so that folks at the highest levels are fully informed. Dr. Emery, can you talk about that for a minute and why that's so important to you? You know, COVID and this pandemic exercise we've been and really, I think, have underscored the importance of audience and need. And I think a lot of times we are so focused on what is our message and how do we get our message out. And I do believe that that's a place where Dr. Stegall and I have been able to be, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> how do we know that's what they, you know, and I think spending your whole career in the field and then coming into a state agency, um, we've had a lens in this that has been, and, and I'm not trying to be egotistical here, I pray that people would tell you the same thing. When you're interfacing with 
epidemiologists who say you have to keep six feet on a bus to have a bus to be able to transport and people who have routed who know what that looks like who have gotten on buses their whole career where three little ones are squished in a one seat um, and say, well, wait, wait, wait a minute. If you do that, you know, it's going to take 17 routes and doctors go, oh, you know, that's why you're here. And I do think that lens has been important and invaluable lessons that I think I learned, you know, a hundred years ago as a PIO, which is just because <laughs> you're saying it, doesn't mean it's what people need to hear. So part of this exercise has been, who are your multiple audiences and what is it they need from you in this moment? And I think sometimes we're afraid to talk, but uh, you know, I don't wanna say something wrong or I'm not an expert or people need to be reassured that you're human. And you know, I think part of this is being able to say, I don't know and I know where to go, but I don't know just that reassurance that you're listening to them. Because I think oftentimes we forget this, this is not a one way, uh, this is not a one way street here in terms of effectiveness of what it is we're trying to get out there and message. We didn't know what people needed because we haven't, we haven't been in this situation before. So it forced us to pay attention to what do our audiences need? I love that so much. And Jessica, hearing Dr. Emery talk about audience, I really want to swing the microphone back to you on this one, because one of the first things that I remember feeling as a, as a reassurance as part of that audience, right? I'm a public information officer. I'm one of those audience members, fellow staff members who are teaching here in the district, their audience members, and without their support, we'll never be able to speak effectively to students and their families. So can you talk for a second, Jessica, about the Lighthouse Leader campaign and how that has evolved over the course of this pandemic? Because to be honest with you, it has made things seem so smooth and so orderly during a very rocky time. Um, we have North Carolina Lighthouse leaders to thank and, and they're shining their lights. It's been a great experience for us. Let's talk about that for a minute. Well, I think you, you said something really critically important. It's the value of internal communication and making sure that people at all levels of our organizations understand information that is uh, swirling about so that they can also become ambassadors for the, for the information that is truth. Um, I think Dr. Emery and I and you have all seen that, you know, over our time in this business, We've gone from the, the one sole voice that if that person is saying that school is closed today, well, then we know school is closed today. We've seen a transition into the fact that before the official word can come out, you've got Facebook and Twitter and all these things. We are not the only source of information in town. So um, to think about the Lighthouse Leaders campaign was really important for us because the state agency was playing only one part of this entire crisis response in our state and to lift up all of the work that is happening within the local districts um, is just was just a critical piece of our whole story it is the story um, um, and so we we did latch on early um, we have a wonderful covid communications team um, that we stood up that first week which is uh, comprehensive from the agency. It has a superintendent uh, Williamson. We have NC spread board members 
And it was from this particular group that that was born. And we feel like it is something that is going to sustain us through throughout this year. We have to continue to lift up those stories. We have to continue to celebrate all of the amazing things that are happening right now in our schools. And we can't do that without having, like uh, Dr. Emory mentioned earlier, that two-way communication. What is happening in the field informs what we need at the state level to do to be able to pivot and respond um, as needed. And I can just tell you from my own personal firsthand experience how well received it was for folks to see that their best view of the first week of school was sitting right up against something from down east, which was sitting right up against tweets from folks at the highest levels of our uh, of DPI and the state agency. That was a very big shot in the arm, and you probably couldn't have picked a better time knowing that since the, maybe we're fortunate in some ways, we know that calendar flexibility and calendar realities are a very challenging conversation here in North Carolina, but the fact that everybody started at the same time really gave us the power of numbers and we could all share in going through that experience together as one. How has that affected your ability to manage this as well? I've got to believe that having people on different calendars right at this moment might've been one of the potentially biggest challenges of all Can we just talk for a minute about what it's like to have folks starting on the same day and the kind of unity that that engendered when it comes to the communication through this process? It's a great runway, so to speak, for collecting lots of anecdotal as well as other data, I think. Uh, I hadn't really looked at it that way in terms of the collective, uh, but I think that goes back to something Jess said earlier about organization and where things feel chaotic we cling to uh, we cling to each other uh, one of our you know sort of fond little chuckles in the agency is prior to covid most people didn't want us in their business and um, all of a sudden uh, we have this hey what do we do and can we do this together and but I, I think that's part of the whole symbolism that you reference in lighthouse leaders we we do cling to something that has order. And even if it's symbolic, it gives us connectedness. And I I think that's probably the power of the calendar choice, uh, while it made it easy for us to collect and do good stories. And I think, you know, throughout the year, it, it does give us those also opportunities of consistent points in time to check in and see how people are doing. We are talking here on School PR Drive Time. My name is Kevin Smith with Dr. Beverly Emery and Jessica Swensky. Dr. Emery is the Deputy Superintendent for District Support in the North Carolina Department of Public Instruction. And Jessica serves in that department as the regional case manager for the Sand Hills region. We're talking with them here on an NCSPRA podcast about school PR because their public information officer experience in strategic communications has helped to inform their roles here as leading educators for the state. When we come back for the second half of this program, we're going to get more into the personal stories that led them into becoming public information officers and what kinds of things that has how has that helped to inform their career trajectory going forward? Please stay tuned. You're listening to School PR Drive Time. Hello, this is Ken Dirksen again, president of NCSPRA, the North Carolina School Public Relations Association. On behalf of the NCSPRA Board of Directors, we hope you're enjoying this episode of School PR Drive Time, the NCSPRA podcast about driving the narrative forward in support of public education. Early access to this podcast is one of the many member benefits we offer you in your school district when you join in CSPRA. From engaging professional development to the recognition of your talent through the Blue Ribbon Awards program, 
membership has its benefits. We encourage you to follow us on social media and help spread the word about what it means to be a member of a school public relations association that supports the mission of everyone in North Carolina public schools. Share this program with a friend or colleague today and enjoy the rest of the show. Well, you're listening to School PR Drive Time. My name is Kevin Smith, and we're here with Dr. Bev Emery and Jessica Swensky. And if you've made it this far, folks, your, your reward is coming because we're going to talk about some of the personal stories that help make the job of a public information officer in public schools uh, so well regarded by the people who do it. It's the job that you love to get up to every day. There's going to be something brand new every single time. It has its drawbacks, but it's something new every day, but also not always understood by the folks who don't do the job because there are some unique characteristics to the role of the public information officer. And so school PR is something we talk about as a profession. That's why you're here listening to school PR drive time. Dr. Emery, you all have noticed some things happening in districts around the state where school PR professionals have risen to very high positions of esteem in their community. Some of them becoming better known than the superintendent when they go to make the weather phone calls and other aspects. Dr. Emery, can you speak to that in your own experience? Oh, sure. We all, we all know Brent Campbell uh, in uh, Winston-Salem Forsyth has, has become uh, uh, quite a, a phenomenon there. And, you know, it was a joy to work with Brent. Uh, I would say that, uh, again, that is part of that trusting relationship. And, and knowing what is the goal. So if the goal is to build a relationship with your community and multiple stakeholders, both inside and outside the organization, the how shouldn't matter. And we should be able to put ego aside and, and what, in whatever way that works. Uh, so if a bad snow day call um, can, can have some levity because it's the Brent Campbell and everybody's waiting on their second call of the day, um, um, or people are now creating memes or a Facebook page following, you know, hey, hello, that's, it's just a great way to connect with people. That's what it's about. How, you know, how can we engage? And so I, I hope people would celebrate that um, and see it as real connection uh, versus, oh, it's not my face on the billboard. No. And Jessica, you, in your own experience of building a communications program in your previous role with Brunswick County Schools, you've seen what a lot of us see, that engagement never really kicks in. You haven't really started the school year. I mean, back to school is nice. Football games are nice. But people don't really start paying attention until that first snow is around the corner. Oh, that is so true. Um, in Brunswick County, I was really fortunate. Brunswick County had not had a communications professional dedicated in that role um, for many years. And we have a new superintendent from Virginia who came out of the INSPRA organization and just knew how important it was. So uh, he convinced the board to allow this position to be there half time. So I added duties into my, my other role and, and had never done this before because I'm a, my background, as you said, is in education and administration. So I just remember thinking, how in the world are we going to get this thing off the ground? And I just remember that we had our face, little Facebook page. We had our website that we were redesigning and that first snow day hit and all of a sudden people really cared. Uh, they, they were like, uh, you know, like, oh my gosh, we actually have like a hundred people. And then we had 300 people and then we had 500 people. And then they started saying mean things. And, you know, you go through this whole process of, wait a minute, wait a minute, you know, <laughs> what's happening here? And uh, I just remember thinking uh, that 
it, it's really, we underestimate how important it is um, to have that, that trusted voice, that voice of, uh, that has that sense of urgency that they can know. And, and one of the things that we talk about all the time since this has started is you have to let people know how and when you will communicate. Like that's part of our mm -hmm. job. Mm -hmm. And so creating those systems and processes, I'm a big systems and process person as, as is Dr. Emery. And once you establish those systems and processes, it brings about this calm uh, factor to your community because people know what to expect. And when we know what to expect, it lowers anxiety. And there is no more important time to be trying to lower anxiety levels than what we find ourselves in right now. Dr. Emery, you had experiences with more than one uh, PIO while you served as a superintendent, and you, you shared with me a story about the trust relationship that really invigorates and, and informs the work of both the superintendent and the school PR professional. Is there a story that you'd like to share with us about how we know that when we finally arrived at that place that trust is established? <laughs> Oh, well, um, I, I have several of those, but um, I, I want to do a snippet from um, my own PIO experience. Yes. I, I, um, I was teaching. I had applied for a grant position um, in science. I was a, a science and math teacher, and I didn't get it, uh, but I had interviewed with the superintendent at the time in Western North Carolina, and I got called back into uh, this newly created public information office uh, and they, they wanted me to come talk to them, not interview. And I was like, I, I don't, I, I applied for the science job. I'm really not. In. Well, the superintendent wants you to come in. And so I went in and talked with them and, and was offered the job on the spot. And I thought that, wow, I mean, I must really have some special qualities I don't even know about. And um, came to find out later that <clears throat> I was the secretary for the local NCAE newsletter. And really the superintendent wanted to get me out of that job and into a, a different job. <laughs> um, but shortly after taking that job, I um, was at the Innsbruck conference in Denver, Colorado. And that's where I met Barry Gaskins and in CISPRA assigned him to me as a mentor. And I, I just want to plug here in terms of trust. Um, what I learned as a young person in a role I wasn't so sure of what it was I was doing has served me for better than 30 years in any leadership role I've ever had. And it was pivotal for me in learning in that moment that this person needs to know as much as possible about the district and as much about you and how you are thinking and dealing and making decisions so they can be an independent operator, you know, in, in uh, Oberlin, Ohio with 1500 students, that wasn't the critical nature for me that it was in Winston-Salem for Scythe with 54,000 students. You have yeah. to trust and let people do their jobs. And so I, you know, I was blessed in many districts with some remarkable people um, in that role, but I also think um, it's the leader's job to lift those people up, to give them the experiences they need and to put them at the table. You have to, they have to know every aspect of the organization in order to be effective in their work. It's often said uh, among school PR professionals that a PIO can serve as the conscience of the school system. And we put that in quotes, you know, we, that's, it's a way of saying 
that school PR professionals are going to ask hard questions on behalf of the community. And then also they have to gain trust from that community that they're going to bring good information from leadership and keep that bridge uh, open, keep that communication pathway open in both directions. When you think about that, that leads to some of your best days and some of your worst days in school PR, some of the hardest experiences that we've all lived through and, and more than we can count. But when you think of mountaintops, obviously meeting Barry Gaskins and having him assigned as your mentor and getting that kind of servant leadership uh, instilled early on, what a, what a great gift that is. Um, Jessica, can you think of a, a mountaintop school PR experience? What, what signified to you, I'm, I've made it, this is, this is the job I always wanted. I'm so glad I did this. How did you know? Wow, I, that's a really great question because what you said is so true. We have our highs and we have our lows and this constant uh, balance in between that. Um, I have had great opportunities through the similar experience that what Dr. Emery was saying with NCSPRA and with NSPRA. And so as a result of that, it's honestly been the engagement with some of these amazing leaders uh, that, that and, and having them come to uh, my support whenever I have needed support, when my district has needed support. Um, we've all had tragedies happen under our watch um, within districts. And there have been too numerous to count when I can specifically say my mentor, Jeff Nash, would be on the phone saying, what do you need, Jess? You know, here, here we are, we're here to help you. And so for me, this entire experience in a role that I never even dreamed that I would have an opportunity to play um, really has been about the relationships that are forged and the partnerships that are forged along the way and how we as a network support one another. And I think it's also so unique because we all come from different places. So where my strength may be in this one area, yours may be in another, and we never hesitate to stop and give. Um, <clears throat> so for me, that's, that's, the, that's the pivotal point. Those are great, great points to remember from both of you about the role that school PR professionals play in one, in one another's lives and definitely within the work of their district. And that's how I want to take this final phase of our conversation today. For folks who have stayed with us, thank you for listening to our NCSPR podcast. It's always exciting to share some wisdom and experience from school PR professionals. And as we're talking with Jessica Swensky and Dr. Bev Emery, who have served in that role and have taken what they learned as public information officers into different roles as they're working with our state education agency, it's so critical that we learn from, from that and, and try to apply it in our own work. When you think about what a district could do right now or a PIO to invest their, what little extra time we have, if you were to uh, guide a PIO through this next stage, as we think of the fall semester and how our schools are going to continue to evolve over these next few months, we always want to play to where the ball is going to be. When you think about where the ball is going to be in the next two weeks, two months, getting close to the end of the year, what would you recommend to our uh, school PR colleagues out there to make sure that they're making the best use of this time? Dr. Emery? I'm going to harken back to a, an old strategy um, that helped me years ago. We, we were recognized in Northeast Ohio by the Harvard Business School for this, and I had to give credit to INSPRA uh, for the wisdom. But if, if I were in this role right now, uh, to that point of audience, I would uh, probably be preparing to do 
a random sampling phone a call of my district. What do I mean? Um, ev take the roster, every 10th family, ask the same three questions. How did we start? How are we doing? Tell me one thing you're really concerned about. Simple, to the point, um, I'm listening to you is what gets conveyed. And you, uh, you, you launch that thing so that people expect it's coming. They know it's not a sales pitch. We don't, we don't like to talk on the phone too much anymore, but the personal nature of that, if it takes, because we're in plan C, um, a script and, you know, 20 teacher assistants to help you make those calls, I think it's invaluable what you learn and the subtle messaging that you send about caring about people and what they're thinking and feeling. Um, I did this as a principal. I did it as a superintendent. I never failed to learn something that was uniquely concerning to people that had never crossed my mind. You know, I might've thought it was, uh, I might've thought it was the bad car line as a principal and it turned out it was the playground, you know? So I, I think it's, opening ourselves up to, again, listening to what our constituents would tell us. And in these unique times, maybe learning something about those fears that Jessica uh, referenced earlier. It's interesting. The, the motif of the telephone has come up more than once in our first few episodes of this podcast. Definitely something we'll be talking about. And I can't wait to see how NCSPR develops that going down the line. Jessica, what would you say for your PR colleagues and the folks that you've gathered around the table? Uh, what would you say is the best way to make use of this strategic opportunity? Well, I think I, I just echo Dr. Emery's point. We have to, in our own reflective uh, self, have critical friends to help make sure that the things that we are continuing to, to do are the things that are the most effective and most uh, helpful. What I would just say and, and encourage is that while we feel like, you know, we all had this March experience where things were just crazy. We've all had this August experience where children are now back in buildings. And it may be the natural need for us to kind of take a step back or breathe. But I would just say, keep constant sustained pressure in the work that you're doing. Do not let your foot off the gas. Um, continue to hold that place in your uh, leadership role within, the, within your district, within your community. Um, be that person who is asking still those difficult questions and looking ahead. I mean, part of the role of a strong communications leader is seeing around the corner and making sure that we are doing everything we can to prepare those people who are making those decisions. As PIOs, we don't make decisions. We communicate those decisions, but we can be behind the scenes helping our leaders understand this could potentially be that next thing that we have to think about. So I, I also want to just echo the, the concept of self-care because it is a 24-7. You mentioned the fact that we never turn our notifications off. That had been something, honestly, prior to March when uh, Dr. Emery called for the tag-in here for the comm support that... I didn't remember how intense that could be, to be very honest. And so my notifications had been off for a little while. We can help you, Jessica. March. We can help you remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember. <laughs> now I remember. Um, so self-care is really important. And having, and that's, again, why it's so important to have people who understand what you are doing, which is why our network 
of communications leaders is so important. We have to be one another's um, anchors. We have to be one another's supports. Time is so valuable to every professional, not just educators. And we've had you here listening with us for 30 minutes on school PR drive time, which means the most valuable time from our communications leaders, Dr. Beverly Emery and Jessica Swensky. Dr. Emery is the deputy superintendent and has been doing great things to keep school communicators involved, including tapping Jessica and our NCSPR colleagues and school PR professionals around North Carolina public schools. Jessica is the regional case manager for the Sand Hills region. You all, we thank you for taking just a few minutes of your time to share this wisdom and experience for our colleagues around the state. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Emery. Thank you. It's a pleasure. And Jessica, thank you again. We'll be talking at another board meeting coming up soon. Thanks, Kevin. I'd like to welcome Ken Dirksen back into the room. Ken, hearing this conversation between Dr. Bev Emery and Jessica Swensky, what, what's something that's going to stick with you? Well, I enjoyed hearing the stories regarding how they became the school leaders they are today. And it reminds us that while the tools and practices, so to speak, may have changed, the principles have not. And engagement and effective communications is equally as important today in the roles that we're trying to communicate during the pandemic as they were prior to March 13th and when North Carolina public schools were closed. For me, Ken, hearing the way that Dr. Emery and Jessica both developed their mentality around audience and the way they add value to the lives of the people they work with and the people they're communicating with, I'm gonna be listening to the show over and over again, I'll be honest with you, but I'm also really excited about some of the new people that we have coming up. Ken, why do you think it's so important that we're expanding to have a, a wide range of guests here on the program? As a chapter of the National School Public Relations Association, NCSPRA has strived to offer its members strong professional development opportunities. One of the other greatest strengths that NCSPRA has to offer its members is this networking and supports. We've really been able to lean on each other and work to, to model good, effective communications in times of a global pandemic. And for us, as we look at a program like this, it just reinforces the need to look to one another, to work with one another. And we're actually sharing this podcast with school communication leaders across North Carolina, members and not members. You know, we believe that we can bring out the best in our state by working together making sure we're modeling effective practices so we can best market our schools, best keep our students and families engaged in what's going on within our schools, and of course, bring out the best in public schools across North Carolina. And that's a great segue, Ken, to my last word for today, which is tune in for our next edition of the podcast, because episode four is going to feature Kristen Majette talking with two of our colleagues, Molly McGowan-Gorsuch and Stacia Harris, about mental health and wellness and how important it is to do self-care for the PR professional at all times, but especially when the chips are down and when, when times get tough. Until next time, I'm Kevin Smith. And I'm Ken Dirksen. And thanks for joining us here on School PR Drive Time. You can catch these episodes on SoundCloud under our account at NCSPRA and follow us on the web and on social media. Thanks for being with us.